0: We're in such a Western, individualized society. They're lonely, they're isolated, they have no friends. You're showing, hey, guess what? You do have a friend. It speaks volumes. I think that moment that they feel loved. Hello, I'm Mark Hadley, and
1: welcome to the Eternity Podcast Network Super Series, Evangelism in a Skeptical World, with Sam Chan. Hey,
0: I'm Sam Chan. (laughs) It's just like launching into 110% on this microphone, and it's great to have you here, buddy. Awesome to be here.
1: This is a six-part super podcast aimed at equipping you with a collection of 15-minute evangelism life hacks that'll help you give your 21st century friends the gospel In a way they're prepared to receive it so today's life hack go to their things now right now you and most of the people listening don't hang out with non-christians let's be honest okay when you find people who you love and they love what you love well you love hanging out with them and that's what you do and that happens a lot with the gospel so how do we rework our hangouts for the sake of the gospel well this is where sam chan enters in and sorts everything <laughs> Sam, last episode we talked about merging your Christian and non Christian universes and how important that was for belief alone, for people to believe, and making evangelism a lifestyle change
0: rather than just something you did when it was time to evangelize. Did I, did I summarize that well? Oh, totally. That's right merging your universes so not having separate universes of friends a non-christian and a christian universe of friends but get your christian friends to become friends with your non-christian friends awesome okay so
1: i'll be honest this does not sound much like what i have heard at church Mm -hmm. over the last let's not go into how long i've been going to church but the it just doesn't sound like what i hear I, i go into the church I sit down and somewhere along the notices point, you know, when you yep. have that in a in a service, um, someone on the ministry team gets up and they say, "Hey, we're having a mission event, yep. and you should invite your friends." And that's what evangelism sounds like to me.
0: That's right. So I think we focused on the event, and maybe rightly so, but now we're seeing in a post. Church world, a post Christian world, evangelism has to be more than just the event. Uh, it has to be a lifestyle change. Our lifestyle has to become evangelistic. And see, I used to be that guy that got him, well, I still am that guy. I go to churches and I speak at evangelistic events. And 99% of the time, I look around and realize, you know, not that it, matters because Christians need to hear the gospel but I'm only seeing the church Christians in front of me none of them was able to bring a non-Christian friend and I'm sure they try but it just shows how hard it is to bring a non-Christian to a church evangelistic event. Yeah there's two things going on there because it's not just
1: hard to to talk to people and say hey come along Yeah, but there's also getting over this internal feeling yourself like you know can I do this to seems somewhat false and the truth it is a bit false because I haven't really invited them that's right else. we've never
0: hung out together but now i want you to come to a church event oh and it's going to be an evangelistic church <laughs> event Okay. yeah yeah no pressure how is this going to work oh gosh
1: okay so why is it that we find it so hard to invite people and why do they look so uncomfortable when we do
0: it's because we're not hanging around together anyway normally so why would they now want to hang out with us for a church evangelistic event So the revelation came to me because I get invited to speak a lot of these events. And I have a friend called Andrew who organizes these events. And every time I speak at an event run by Andrew, he's got five non Christian friends with him. And every time I go, it's five different non Christian friends. And every time I go, they're five different non Christian friends who are happy to be there. I can see by the body language, they're loving it, they're listening to my talk. Afterwards they thank me and I thought, what's going on here? So yeah. I went to Andrew's wife, Jackie, and say, hey, what's going on? Every time I speak here, Andrew's got non-Christian friends, and they're happy that they turned up and they listened to the talk. And Jackie says, oh, it's because we're hanging out all the time anyway. We're always going to their things, so they're happy to come to one of our things. And it's just one of many things we would have been doing together anyway. Okay,
1: so let me see if I get that, that um, he's actually just got heaps of friends. Um, You know, Christian and non-Christian. Yeah. And he goes to plenty of their things. And because of that, uh, there's some sort of pressure.
0: I I don't know. How do you put that? Well, again, put ourselves back in our shoes of the average Christian who turns up to church. They say, hey, you've got to bring your friends to the evangelistic men's breakfast. (laughs) And you're thinking, (sighs) Okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. You just sort of bring up the courage. You approach your work friends, you think, Oh, okay, how am I gonna do this? And they see you coming as well, and they think, ah, oh, here he comes, here he comes. You know what he's gonna do? He's gonna invite us to one of those men's breakfast things. <laughs> and it's so forced. Like, since when do men do breakfast together anyway? And now it's a church evangelistic men's breakfast. But again, if you hang out together, all the time anyway, it will be a very natural, organic thing that you're doing. And I think that's a message. Like, we've got to have non Christian friends to start off with. So it's amazing when I say to people, um, oh, you know, you're going to bring some to this evangelistic church event. Most friends now say, I actually don't have any non Christian friends I could bring. And also, if they did, we're not hanging out together anyway. So mm. why would they want to come to a church event? So mm. maybe the life hack, the message of this episode is we've got to start going to their things before they start coming to our things. And that's basically, yeah, you've hit the title
1: of the show on the head. And thanks yeah. very much because it was your title. So, oh, <laughs> okay. but, um, so you say that the beginning of me connecting my Christian world with their non-Christian world is me actually going to their things, yeah. not them coming to my things.
0: Yeah, so I'll give you an example like I've entered the world of Saturday sports because I have three children. So when I first enrolled them, I thought you beauty, this will be child childminding in disguise. <laughs> I just dropped them off and I can go away, have a coffee, read the paper. But I've since found out no, Saturday sports is an all consuming universe. It sucks you into this vortex where they want someone on the barbecue roster, on the water roster. They want you to help out with the coaching. You've got to put the colored vest on sometimes. And yeah. Just wave the flag. And you've got to be the team manager. And I said, this to a work colleague called Russell Matthews at City Bible Forum. And he said, no, it's it, it's, um, it's a rip. Don't fight it. Embrace it. Go with it. And by going to all these things, uh, you invest the social capital They will soon come to your things. So you've got to
1: see going to their things as kind of a seed planting thing. Yeah. You're not going to get an immediate uh, result from it. So don't be distressed. But, yeah. but in, in becoming part of that community... You're buying a place in that community and you're building up social yeah, capital. Yeah,
0: you're, you're investing, building up social capital, but primarily because you love them and after all, they will feel loved and cared for. So, we have a neighbor, he plays in a band. And so, when he had a gig on, we said, Well, where's the gig? And, you know, we'll come along. And, he, and when we turned up, when my wife and I turned up to his gig, his eyes lit up and he said, You came.
1: I guess up until now,
0: everyone says they will come to the gig, but they actually don't come.
1: Oh, gosh, gosh. I think I actually know what you mean. Because there there is that amazing thing when actually people do say a lot about community, but don't actually put community much into action. So you can even start beginning the gospel by simply
0: being a reliable
1: community member.
0: Yeah. So my wife and I, we've made it this absolute priority. If our non-Christian friends invite us to anything, we will go. Like Tupperware party, school trivia night fundraiser, kids concert, whatever, we will go uh, and and just invest in their events, uh, show we love them, we care for them, and they're very important in our lives. And sooner or later, they will naturally, organically come to one of our events. Okay, now this is not,
1: you're using real life examples here, so I feel it's fair to say, this is not just a theory that you as a theologian or an author have Mm. sat down and worked out on paper. Are they coming to your events? Yeah,
0: so we had this, church family service you know with puppets and we invited all these people say hey bring your kids to our church family service so we invited people from our local afl club uh from a play group from the kids school we invited like 10 families and at first I thought, okay, who am I kidding? It's a a 9am service at a Chinese church. Who (laughs) who goes to anything at 9am on a Sunday? If I can get one. And if you're not Chinese, (laughs) why would you come to a Chinese church? And bit by bit, all our non-Christian friends came. And I thought, oh, you know, oh, me of little faith. But it's because we'd already invested in their communities. By going to their things, they naturally came to one of our things. And soon you're stuck with the problem of who you're actually going to sit next to. That's <laughs> right. I've provided too many people now. And it really was like, who, who do I talk to at morning tea without ignoring the other nine families? I'll give another example. There was one Christmas Eve. Everyone on our street was off to the local Catholic Mass for Christmas Eve the midnight mass. Yeah, some people still do it because a a
1: sense of tradition and even a bit of specialness about it. Yeah, big
0: thing, yeah. Part of the, and it brings the families together. And I actually said to them, can I come along? Because there was a big carpool thing happening and they looked at me surprised and said, yeah, sure, come along. So I went with them to their service and on the way back, they asked me, well, what do you do for Christmas? Mm. I said, funny you should ask. I'm the guy that gives the Christmas talk at my local Chinese church. Would you like to come? And they all said yes. And they came, even though they weren't Chinese. And even though it was 9 a.m., you know, on Christmas Day, they came.
1: Now, I'm going to just raise a slightly uncomfortable, yeah. but I think accurate thing to sure. talk about. It's pretty easy to live in this world now and to be pretty self-centered. Yeah. Like, you know, that most people are told day in, day out that they're the most important yeah. person. Do, do you ever find that you have to break through that shell?
0: We're in such a Western individualized society. More and more, they're showing that 60 to 80% of Australians say they're lonely, they're isolated, they have no friends. You're showing, hey, guess what? You do have a friend. And, and just their surprise that someone actually came to a gig Like you got to think it uh, if you're a musician you're doing a gig once a week and no one's coming to your gigs and suddenly a friend a neighbor turns up to one of your gigs you know it speaks volumes they feel loved i think that moment that they feel loved Actually, I see
1: what you're saying now because I, yeah. I think, weirdly, I had a little bit of an experience of this, not with the event thing, but also even just showing interest in yeah. somebody else's life. I, I was talking to uh, my barber, and when I sat down to chat to him, it had been four weeks, mm. and I reminded myself of all the stuff we'd talked about previously, asked him about that stuff, and he was stunned I even cared to remember.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah so they felt... Loved, cared for, special
1: at that moment. Okay, so this actually does sound like a much bigger picture than just evangelizing someone, like hitting them with something. That's right. Um, You actually have to love them, as you say, to actually want them
0: to be part of your life. So again, your lifestyle becomes evangelistic. You're not shoehorning evangelism as an event into your already busy life. Your lifestyle changes to become evangelistic. And all these things, they're actually a natural byproduct of loving caring and praying for our friends.
1: So Sam, what's the take-home hack for
0: Christians getting non-Christians to come to their events? Make it an absolute priority to go to their things and then they will come to your things. Awesome. All about social capital. Awesome stuff to to think through. Now,
1: if you're actually interested in awesomeness and all sorts of wonderful stories and things that you can learn from, I just want to take a moment to point you towards another podcast on the Eternity Podcast Network, and that's SALT conversations with Jenny Salt. Now, Jenny Salt is basically uh, an incredibly well-thought-out academic, a uh, person who's associated with Sydney Missionary Bible College, and she's also a sweetheart with a microphone. Honestly, I, I've just listened to people bear their souls to, to Jenny as she's just patiently worked through their story with them, and that's just been amazing. And if you'd like to actually hear some of those incredible stories, then you can hear them on Salt conversations with jenny salt which is another podcast on this network it's a chance to enter into the lives of people and discover heartwarming sometimes challenging and always extraordinary gospel stories if you're interested in salt it's available on the eternity podcast network so just check it out eternitypodcasts.com Thanks for being part of the Evangelism in a Skeptical World Super Series. Coming up in our next episode, Coffee, Dinner, Gospel. That's apparently the pathway you've got to tread, the hospitality habit that prepares the ground for the Gospel. So, till then, I'm Sam Chan. And I'm Mark Hadley. We'll see you then. You've been listening to the Eternity Podcast Network, eternitypodcasts.com.